Welcome to the Spill the Rue podcast. Get ready to smile, laugh, and cry as we discuss Muslim identity, art, culture, spirituality, relationships, and so much more. Grab your coffee, grab your chai, grab your protein shake, grab your boba tea, whatever it is, fam. Join us as we spill the root. Stay tuned. Okay, yeah, you're here. Yeah. Yay. <laughs> awesome, alhamdulillah. Okay, well, um, welcome to the Spill the Root podcast. I finished my tea already, which <laughs> way before we even started recording this podcast, but I see that my best friend, someone here, has her tea. Yes, I got my chai ready to go. <laughs> so I ended up having like um, this, I thought it was herbal tea, and then I realized it's actually flavored black tea. So it was mm. apple flavored black tea, which I never would normally try, but we had it, and I was like, let me just try this. And it's actually really good and refreshing. Okay, give me, send me a link for where you got that. Yeah, I'll send the link. So it's actually the Ehmet tea brand. Okay. Which I love that brand. Like, I feel like any type of chai I try from them, it's so good. Okay, down. Definitely going to go pick that up then. Yeah. Apple feels very fall too, so I'll take it. It does. It does. But, and then, like, they have, like, the coolest, like, I don't know if you've seen, like, their chai boxes, the steel ones, the metal ones. What am I saying? The metal ones. So there's, like, a pearl gray metal chai box that they sell their chai in and it's just so like so pretty like I've saved a few and yeah it's just so nice and aesthetic but anyway let's start um bismillahirrahmanirrahim allahumma salli ala sayyidina muhammadin wa alihi wa sahbihi as I mentioned welcome to the spill the root podcast this is episode one super exciting and I'm here with my best friend Saman Huck. And we're going to be talking about the millennial Muslim woman. Which I'm super excited to talk about because I feel like we, to some degree, embody that in different ways. We're not the same type of millennial Muslim woman. And I think that there's different versions of what that means. But both of us kind of have our own perspective on what that is. Yeah. So I think it's going to be fun to kind of see those, the differences and similarities. Yeah, I'm super excited. And this was definitely, like, this was your idea. Like, let's talk about this as the first um episode and I was like yeah let's totally do it because I feel like like I was super excited to start this podcast and um there were so many things I wanted to talk about but I feel like you kind of just helped me you know give me some direction like okay let's talk about this first what the friends so, are for <laughs> yeah and also so when this whole thing about like Rue platform started do you remember when we actually talked about it it was like um I think it was about two years ago and it was at the Milad in Chicago. And we we're having this discussion. And I knew I wanted to like start something, right? I didn't know what like what it was gonna be exactly. And then I think it just kind of got solidified when I started having that conversation with you. And I'm like, hey, I wanna do this. So you've been there since day one. No, I I remember that having that conversation. And I love I think it's the conversations that we basically have, but we get to now have that with other people and yeah. hopefully they can relate to some of the stuff that we're saying. Yeah. Uh, but before, sure. before we get more into that, I don't know if we want to introduce ourselves a little bit. Let's do it. Let's do it. I feel like you should leave this podcast. <laughs> I mean, I can start if you want me to. Why don't you introduce yourself? Tell me who you are. Okay, for sure. Um, my name is Someone Huck. Uh, I live in Chicago. I actually just graduated from law school. Just took the bar exam. Uh, inshallah, khair, hoping I really pass so I can start working. Uh and I'm going to start uh, at the Cook County State's Attorney's Office, actually. So not what I originally thought I was going to do, but I'm really excited. Uh, that's basically just a real quick rundown of me. So, Nubba, go for it. <laughs> I'm so proud of you, Mashallah, and I'm, like, super excited. I was just, like, just enjoying, Mashallah, that you're, like, at this point now. And it's so exciting. But, um, yeah, my name is Nubba Fazi. I was born in Chicago moved to Utah when I was 10 years old. I am an urban planner, um, finished grad school last year, and now I'm working as an urban planner right now. And yeah, I'm. this podcast was something that um, I've been wanting to start for, I think it's been like two or three years now. I, I had all these like random ideas in grad school when I was super stressed. And I feel like creativity just, that's how it works. Like it just happens 
when you're very tired and overwhelmed. It's kind of fascinating. But anyway, so I had this idea that I wanted to start, um, you know, like a podcast about something. Not sure what it was, but I just found it very inspiring because I, I remember being like at work, like during my internship, and I would listen to a lot of podcasts. And that's just what really it motivated me like while I'm doing my work and just listening to other people's stories. And um, I was like, I want to start a podcast. And, you know, it was just kind of like a floating thought, but then I was like really more deliberate about it. And I was like, yeah, inshallah, I will do that one day whenever I meant to do it. And, you know, I think I wasn't able to prioritize it during that time, but um, now I was able to, and I was like, okay, I'm going to start this and it's going to be a part of root platform because I think it'll all kind of like come together. So no, definitely. Yeah. Um, so the millennial Muslim woman, what does that, I guess, what does that mean to you? What do you think that that, or how do you think you fit into that? What does that mean? Yeah, I, I, that's such a good question because honestly, I mean, I haven't really thought about what that actually means. Like, I, I don't know. I, I feel like, um, I mean, just living in this time, you know, being uh, being born in America and growing up in America as a Muslim, as a Pakistani, um, there's a lot of things that you can relate to with like other Muslims and other Pakistanis. And then there's a lot of things that are like from your own personal experiences, right, mm-hmm. about how you see the world. And so um, I think like obviously being born in Chicago, living there as a child and then moving to Utah, it's definitely a big culture shift. Um, Utah is like very conservative and it's definitely much smaller. Um, you know, like you're surrounded with all this beautiful natural beauty. And when I first moved here, I did not like the mountains at all. Really? But like, yeah, because I, I think cause I just associated it with not being in Chicago, being away from like my other family, from my friends and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But subhanAllah, it's so, it's such a blessing to like, just be surrounded by natural beauty. Um, anyway, the culture here is very different. Um, it is diverse, more diverse than people think it is. And the Muslim population here is very diverse as well. Um, and of course, just like Pakistanis are, are here, just like they're everywhere. <laughs> like yeah. there's so many Pakistanis. And, um, and I feel like, so when I moved here, my parents started an organization, a Muslim organization. And basically me and my siblings kind of like grew up being surrounded in that environment where we're doing a lot of community oriented projects and events and our parents kind of raised us where Islam was prioritized. Um, and I'm really thankful for that. And um, being in that environment where they were like very supportive and encouraging, I think that really um, provided like a safe space for me and my siblings. And it also provided confidence in being Muslim. Mm-hmm. I mean, and obviously that doesn't come over, you know, just in one, like, that doesn't happen all at once. It happens over time. Like, obviously, when I, when, when I was at school, I would struggle with being bullied, being called a terrorist, the typical things. Um, you know, I didn't wear hijab until like, I was like 12 years old, but um, I, my mom wore hijab. So, you know, a lot of kids would see that and they would bully me. And, you know, I was like one, I think I was one out of three brown kids that were at that school. Um, so I think like having confidence in your identity and who you are is definitely a process. It doesn't happen overnight. Um, and I think it, it starts from the home. Mm -hmm. And so I had that space, um, where I could ask questions and obviously like we all struggle with things and like, even with being bullied and stuff, I didn't share it with my parents and I don't know why I didn't share it. I, I, I think I was just like, I was also very shy, you know? And I just think back and I'm like, why didn't I stand up for myself, you know? But again, that goes back to like learning about yourself and um, growing as a person. So um, anyway, like, you know, I was also, my mom started a Muslim Girl Scout troop and that definitely also built a lot of confidence in me and my, in being a Muslim. And that's where I kind of fell in love with wearing a hijab and I started wearing hijab. So it kind of all just happened organically. Um my environment and how I was raised and I think like you know up until like all the way up until college I think I've been you know I've alhamdulillah I've been growing as a person and um I don't know what millennial Muslim woman really means I think it's something I'm still discovering I guess that journey yeah 
I definitely think it's a phrase that like kind of got coined, but like most labels, like we talk about with like labels and how we create them. I don't know, because I still think of millennial as being like within that age group of like right now, what would be like what, 24, 25 to like 36, mm-hmm. whatever. Right. Yeah, yeah. But I feel like a lot of us, either most of us who are millennials, also Muslim, also happen to be first generation Americans. And I think that does tie into at least how I see the definition kind of playing a role in my life. Because I think it's a lot of the merging of like old school, new school, like that's how I see myself. You know, I do have a lot of aspects of a quote unquote traditional lifestyle that my parents kind of put into me. But I also have thoughts that delineate from what they think is normal. And part of that is growing up in a culture that is mixed. You know, I grew up with one culture at home, one culture at school, and always feeling like I was in the middle somehow, not quite fitting in correctly. You know, I always messed up somehow in one of those spaces. So I don't know. I I think being a millennial Muslim woman, there's no like, I guess, again, I don't think that there's a specific definition for it. But I do think that being millennial, being Muslim, and being a woman in this time right now, there's a lot of stuff going on. Mm-hmm. Um, in particular, like both of us are, are very career oriented. We both grew up with the idea that education was important. And we weren't ever inhibited by the, the fact that we were girls. You know, our parents valued right. our education just as much as they did our, our brother's educations. Yeah, but it's funny trying to balance that because sometimes you have I mean, you have I have people within the legal field looking at me who don't think that I should be an attorney. I don't look like an attorney (laughs) because, again, I'm a brown woman. Like, that's not the stereotypical what you think of as a lawyer in a courtroom. But then I get it at like not at home in my house, but we have, you know, distant relatives and other aunties and uncles who are like, oh, you're a lawyer. Like, and it's necessarily a happy thing when they say it. They're a little bit surprised and I think also confused. Like, why would you choose that? And I think people generally think that I'm very combative because of that. And I mean, you know me, Naba. I'm like, I love keeping the peace. Like, that's my thing. So I don't know. It's, I think it's more so how how whatever your identity is, whatever you're doing, how being like each one of those things, a millennial, a Muslim, and a woman kind of fit into your identity and who you are. Right. If that makes sense. Yeah. 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 And it's also like the fact that you said that like, I don't look like an attorney. Like, what does that even mean? You know, and the fact that like the representation, right, it's, it's not there. It's like what you're in a tr- you're getting that from your family you're getting that from people who are in the field or that type of remark that type of um i guess behavior and attitude towards you like that's so problematic right like oh, when we know sense. there's a lot of female attorneys there's a lot of women of color in the field and it's just so problematic and it's like you know like the fact that you said that you know i'm just thinking like i mean it's true though that's that's the it hard is. part i have yeah I, in my, in my law school in particular, there were maybe across the three classes of like 600, about 600 students, our Muslim Law Student Association was like max, like eight people, like eight to 10 people. And I have one friend uh, and she does wear hijab. She would walk into a courtroom and she was a year ahead of me. So she's already practicing. And she would get asked all the time, oh, are you the translator? It took people so long to understand that she was an attorney when she was going to the same courtroom day in, day out. And they never, they always assumed that it was someone else who was the attorney. Yeah. And like, that's frustrating. You know, that, that is changing. And inshallah, I'm hoping it'll continue to change as the field diversifies, but it's not going to happen overnight. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, definitely change is something that, that doesn't happen overnight. It's a process. And I think it's just important to be vocal about where you find it that's important. And um, just being out there and continuing to do, you know, continuing to do what you believe in. And um, 
tell me more about like going to law school and that decision. Like when did that, when, when did you decide that you were going to do that and why? So I, like almost every other brown kid, was pre-med going into college. <laughs> I went to yep. I went to UIC undergrad. I was a psych bio major. I graduated with a psych degree and a bio minor, so nowhere near the field of law. Uh, but I got my EMT license my after my sophomore year, and. I was just like, did a whole giant reevaluation of my life. I was like, do I want this? Do I enjoy this? Like, I like the helping other people part. That was always the motivation behind wanting to go to med school or wanting to go in the medical field generally. But when I was doing those ER rounds, getting my EMT license, I was like, you know what? This system, I don't think is the way that I'm supposed to help people. And I, I give kudos to, I have friends who w- went to med school or in med school and I'm in awe of everything that they do, but it was something that they were truly passionate about and how they wanted to contribute to society. And I have nothing, no problem with that. But for me, I felt like the system personally would have made me jaded so quickly that I just would not have been productive and I wouldn't have been able to be helpful to people. So going into my senior year of college, I decided I was going to take my LSAT, uh, apply to law school. I have an older brother who happened to be uh, in law school at the time, like he was just starting. So I was like, you know what, maybe, maybe this is what I want to do. Maybe this is how I want to advocate and help people. And everyone thought I was crazy. Everyone was like, what are you doing? I had random uncles telling me that they were like not proud or like disappointed because I was planning on going to PA Oh my gosh, school. I didn't know this. Yeah, it was weird. I remember oh. sitting at my, I was at my Hala's house and there was uh, like someone's uncle, whatever, at there too. And he was like, oh no, like that's such a shame. You're going to law school. Why aren't you in PA school? Like that's so disappointing. And I was like, oh, okay, this is awkward. Like I don't really even know you that well but you feel okay with telling me that you're disappointed in me. Um, yeah. So the first year was rough. Like it was, I mean, cause I, the whole time, like imposter syndrome was kicking in hard. I didn't even know if I was supposed to be there. I didn't know if I made the right decision. So it did pile on, but like, alhamdulillah, I'm glad I did it. I'm glad I am where I am now because of it. Um, I actually got my diploma today and was like super excited to see it. I was like, this is, I'm, I have this degree, but oh, sure. But yeah, no, I don't like, I don't know. I feel like if it's anything non-traditional within our community, it's so, I mean, you know what I'm talking about, like with, with oh, urban yeah. planning, like how did that, how did you even explain that to people? Like, what, I mean, what do you do? Like, okay. So like you mentioned, just like everyone else, I was also pre-med and I mean, I don't know why I decided to be pre-med, you know, like, I mean, my parents, they have been encouraging mashallah, but of course, like my dad being a doctor, like, you know, he, he obviously wanted that, like, you know, for his, one of his children to be a doctor. And so I'm, since I'm the first one, <laughs> you know, it was kind of like, Hey, you know, maybe going to med school, all this and that. And I even remember like during um, high school, I took like AP bio and all of that. And I tried to prepare for it, but I think it was more just because I didn't know exactly what I wanted to do. Mm. Um, like, I, I know, like, when I was younger, I was like, oh, I want to be an artist, and I want to be a teacher, and, like, you know, because I, I, I love, like, being around kids and that environment, and I also, like, love anything that has to do with creativity, but, like, when high school, when, you know, I was in high school, I was just like, I have no idea what I want to do. So I did um, pre-med, but I was also a pre-architecture student mm-hmm. um, because I love, like, architecture old historic buildings I'm you know like you know me I'm just an old soul buddy person so yeah I was like I'm gonna you know pick architecture and then do pre-med and that was actually very ambitious of me to do because pre-architecture is a lot of work like it's a lot you know like being in a studio and you have to like um build like I don't know like a small little building and structures and things like that it takes a really long time and then the critiques and reviews it's just not fun. It's a very like daunting and anxiety driven um, environment. And obviously pre-med is the same thing. Um, But anyway, so I I was doing pre-architecture and pre-med kind of just 
kind of just dropped okay <laughs> uh, off the bandwagon okay I mean I think my parents and my dad my mom and my dad they um they saw that you know like I can't handle blood I get grossed out by everything I mean like I'm very super sense I'm super sensitive like I just can't be in that environment and like be a doctor and just be successful <laughs> like it's like and you have to like want it from your heart right be going to med school the way that it's set up in this country is not easy you know and like in Pakistan like my dad when he did it he was like what 25 27 like that's like when you start med school here so it's definitely very different and you have to really want it and it's like if you don't want it in your heart and soul then how are you going to do well in it you could fake it for a little bit and then just you know, then it just makes a negative impact on you and then others. And you want to do something where you could actually impact somebody else. So you have to really, um, and that's not easy. You know, not everyone knows what they want. And I think Alhamdulillah, I did struggle with that in college, you know, like I did pre-architecture for like two years, but I was struggling because I, I, I didn't, it wasn't what I expected in terms of like the career path. And I wanted more, like, I was like, I want to do more than just design a door and talk about it for three hours. Like, how is this door gonna impact somebody else? Like, I really wanted the social community aspect with um, associated with it. I found that was more meaningful. So that's when I switched to urban planning, like, like um, going to grad school, like that very same year. And I loved it. And I feel like I didn't like whatever I learned in my bachelor's I was like that's not enough like especially to like get a job and you know a lot of us have complained about that um who are in the field like they felt like they needed to get a um they needed to get a master's degree to be able to feel like um they were a little bit more confident and people took them seriously in terms of like jobs and interviews and things like that um but that was kind of like the demand but yeah, so I ended up switching to urban planning. And of course, you know, as everyone asks you in the community or I think in my family, alhamdulillah, it's, it wasn't anything like discouraging or anything like that because, you know, there's I have architects and, and planners in my family, like on my mom's side. Um, and actually, when I switched to urban planning, um, it didn't click for my parents. They're like, wait, what is that? Like, mm. uh, <laughs> so I had to explain it. And um, even though we've moved from Chicago and everything, but sometimes, you know, it's just not as common um and so I had to explain it and they're like oh okay yeah and then they realized that hey we have family members that are actually in the same field as you um so yeah so yeah alhamdulillah I think in my family it's been pretty um very supportive and you know especially like they were very supportive of like me going to grad school they're like yeah do it now it'll be good and alhamdulillah I'm glad I made that decision but like in terms of like the community and everything I think um people did ask like funny questions like wait what exactly do you do? Do you plan events? Like, oh my gosh. Like what does urban planning entail? And um, it's really funny. It's like, I don't know. I, I either get somebody who knows what it is or somebody who has no idea what it is. And so I have to all, always explain it in like relative terms. Like an architect is somebody who designs a building and an urban planner is somebody who, you know, um, is involved with policy and land use and where that building should go. And, I mean, there's so much that it, that it entails. And so, um, yeah, I mean, I definitely get that whole thing about pressure and like, it's not, this, the, the reaction is definitely not the same. Like if I would, if I were to say engineer, doctor or lawyer, but like, I'm, I'm really surprised by that reaction that you got in terms of like, when you did share that you were going to be a lawyer, I was, I've never heard of anyone in our community reacting like that I it was we it was weird for me because I I remember people always saying like the list of employment that's like acceptable within our community and it was always doctor engineer and then lawyer and I always laugh when I hear lawyer because I'm like "Mm, that's like so so maybe maybe not but yeah I do think I think that if for some reason if it's something that's not common something that we're not used to or that's considered normal a lot of times in our culture there is this very like taken aback mentality of like, well, that doesn't make sense. And to me, I think that we should in our communities have like a well-rounded amount of different career paths, different types of people. But like, there's no point in everyone being homogenous for everything. Cause like, Hey, you're, yeah, I may have some medical issues and my friend over there can help me out, but you're going to have some legal issues. I can help you out. Or let's say someone is building something and they don't know the impacts of the environment around the area. Like 
you know, like, it's, it's just weird that we've all kind of stuck to this very linear path. But I think that that's changing yeah. within our generation. Yes, I definitely see that. I see that there's more acceptance overall. Um, and there's definitely more diversity. And like, even in urban planning, like, it's a very diverse, like, it's not, it's growing, the field is growing, like, and I'm, I'm really happy to see that even in like, you know, going to school and my in my classes or some of the professors and stuff like that. Um, obviously, it's not the most diverse field, like, and th- there's that struggle with any field, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but definitely, there, there's a lot more diversity, and it's growing. And I think, like you mentioned, we need, um, we need Muslims to be in all fields, right? We need that, that, that is something where, you know, our community can potentially grow stronger from that. And because you're doing something in which you actually love, right? You're doing something in which you're passionate about. And, you know, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has put potential in every single human being on this earth. And like, it's just up to us to be able to kind of discover that. Um, And once you do, I think then it goes to like, that support that you get, right? You know, like, you know, if you, if somebody says that they want to, um, I don't know, be a fashion designer and their parents have a different expectation, you know, and, and I wonder like, why, why is it so limited? You know, why is it just, I think we have such like boxed in ideas of what success means. So many of our parents came here with this idea of, I want a better life for my kids, for their futures. And when they hear certain occupations, they're like, well, that's not necessarily going to pay the bills or, and I mean, a lot of the, I think, career paths that do take a lot more effort, especially on the, like, on the outset, like any type of startup or business or, you know, a, a lot of times more creative stuff does take a lot more energy and work initially to get it set up. And they're scared of that. You know, they don't want to see it not work for us. Yeah. Yeah. And I definitely, you know, no doubt, like our parents have our best interest, right? And... um they want to see their child growing and thriving and doing what they love. And I, and I think that's a good point that you bring up that it's really, it's driven by fear. Like this is what success looks like. Like if you're a doctor, you make this amount of money, you can live a good life and all those things. And, you know, if you end up doing X, Y, and Z, you'll struggle and all those types of things. And those are realities of life. But at the same time, um, I think you have to find a balance for sure. I think we're, Again, that, okay, balance is such a funny thing for me, because (laughs) I think that no matter what career path you end up going on, if you're passionate about it, you're going to pour yourself into it. And to be completely honest, again, from the beginning, like when you're putting in so much work, balance to me doesn't mean like the same amount of hours every day. Honestly, you could be busting your butt for like 12, 16 hours one day, and maybe another day it's lighter. But I mean, balance is one of those things that's really hard for me personally. I'm horrible at saying no to people. If you need something and you ask me, I'm like, I can make it happen. We'll we'll figure it out. And everyone around me knows that about me, which is like a yeah, blessing yeah. and a curse. Because again, I would love to be helpful to the people around me, but also it does take away from me being able to do the things that I need to get done for myself. But we, I mean, yeah. I make it work, but I've, I mean, even me, I've had to learn to say no a little bit, which is, it has been its own struggle. Um, but I don't know with, I, I don't know when people say balance. I'm like, I don't, I think different people kind of have different definitions of that. I don't, yeah. like, I don't know. Yeah. What do you think of that? Ba- when you hear balance or like, what do you think that means for you in your life? Yeah, and I, I think it comes, um, bal- when you talk about balance, I think it depends on the context. So I guess when I say balance, I guess from what, what I was referring to, I meant balance between what your parents say, you know, and taking that in consideration and also like your own thoughts and views and perspectives and being able to use your best judgment and, you know, like I can definitely say like for both of us, like what our parents say and you know, what they think. And that means a lot to us. Like we're, I you know, that, 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 and it really impacts us. It does for us. I, I'm going to be honest. I feel like I have a lot of 
I've had a lot of people in my life be surprised by how much, like how, I guess from their perspective, they think like, you know what, you're an adult, you can think how you want, you should do things for yourself. I remember Mm -hmm. being in like a random, like, chem class and we were talking about something and some guy behind me was like no you should just do whatever you want because you want to do it and screw your parents and I was like all right bro hold up um like it is yeah I think in a lot of (laughs) cultural like houses regardless because like again I'm I'm split Pakistani and Indian but like I have friends Mm -hmm. who are Korean and they go through the same thing other um Syrian Assyrian again I feel like when you are of this other cultural background, your parents actually do play a larger part than most people would think in your life in terms of what what their opinion is on something. I'm not saying that if I disagree with my parents on something, I'm not going to tell them. I'm not going to be like, yes, whatever you said, like whatever you say, what's going to happen. Right. right. But I still care about what they say, like that yeah. relationship that we have and that we've established still exists, just like I would care about like a close friend like if if Naba you end up telling me like hey someone I don't know if this is such a great idea for you I'd hear you out because I know you have an interest in how my life turns out like you care right but some people just see it as this like okay well you're 25 should you be really be listening to what your parents are saying yeah yeah I don't know why it's like an all or nothing thing you know that's why I'm talking about balance is like for us like in our culture it's a big thing right um that respecting and obeying your parents and islamically right your parents are um you know serving your parents and we're, we're not even like supposed to say like oof or like you mm-hmm. know in the quran like you know and that's like with rolling your eyes with your tone with anything right and and all of that is a test for sure and i think um definitely and and we're and that's what we're saying like it's it's so important to us that it impacts us so mm-hmm. much but i think what i'm trying to say is that like do that but you also need to, as an adult, you also need to use your own best judgment and, you know, your own, like, ability to think about things um, because that's going to be good for you in the end, right? And your parents don't want that either. I mean, you know, if you're in a healthy relationship, right, with your parents and a, a parent and a child, they want you to be able to make decisions on your own as well. Um, and so, like, like you said, like, if you disagree about something, you're not going to be disrespectful and rude about it. You're going to have a conversation about it. Um, but like, what advice would you give to somebody who's, who has like a different type of relationship with their parents? Like not like some people have toxic relationships with their parents. They don't even talk to their parents. I mean, it's very unhealthy. There's so many things. So like, what would you say? Like, how would you, what advice would you give? I mean, I think it's so specific on the relationship that you do have with your parents. Obviously, you know, that relationship better than anyone, but for me, I think, I think what helped, because, like, I mean, it wasn't all, like, rainbows and butterflies with my parents always. Obviously, we disagree that we haven't always been on the same page. We still sometimes aren't on the same page. But trying to communicate that, I don't know. I've always been a communication is, like, the biggest thing that has helped with any of our familial issues. Because if you can explain, like, where you're coming from, what you're feeling and why, like, whatever it is that you do want is something that, like, will benefit you, then I feel like for the most part, your parents will come around in the sense that they obviously care for you. I mean, I would hope that whatever relationship yeah. somebody does have with their parents, yeah. I mean, if it's so toxic that it, it is that bad, like, that it, they don't. Because, I mean, that does exist. Again, I have friends who... Their relationships aren't positive at all. They're actually very negative, very toxic. And if that's the case, then you have to figure out a way to live your life and not let that negatively affect you. But I think if there is any opportunity for you to try and communicate with them and point out to them why it is that you want what you want, if that makes sense. Because, like, for me, every time we have had disagreements – one, I definitely have to step away from it because we got to have some breathing room. Mm-hmm. I, I think everyone in my house is a little bit hot-headed sometimes. So everyone kind of has to go <laughs> to their corners. And then after that, I was like, okay, well, let's let's talk about this. Let's figure out why why are we on such different pages about this? And maybe it is something we're not going to be able to agree on. And that's okay. 
because I'm definitely of the idea of, you know, the camp that we can have different thoughts, we can have different ideas on things, but we can still coexist in the same space. Because naturally, I mean, my, my parents aren't going to always have the same exact thought process as I will, especially with, and I guess, okay, this is one where like gender roles and how things, how specific genders are supposed to function within a household. I think my parents naturally being, you know, two people who were raised in Pakistan and India and then migrated here in their 20s. Some of the ideas are already cemented. You know, I can't, I can't completely change my dad's mind or my mom's mind on certain things, but they accept that I have a certain perspective and I have a certain standard for when I do get married and how that relationship's going to function. And it's going to be a little bit different than their relationship, but that's because we're at different places in terms of how we were raised, our environment, all that stuff. So it's okay for us not to be on the exact same page as long as we can respect each other's pages I, I don't know how right. would you, how would you advise yeah. someone if yeah. they were going through stuff where they didn't agree with their parents or it wasn't a pleasant relationship mm-hmm. yeah um I mean I I do while you were talking I mean I do really like how you talked about communication because that's with any relationship right I mean nothing is quote-unquote perfect and so communication even with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala right like we we're when we stop our communication with Allah, like like we're disconnected, right? Like, what is one way that we communicate with Allah is when we read namaz, or when we make dua. Um, but the more the people who are closer to Allah are the ones who communicate more and more, and obviously when they translate translate that to like human, you know, the human relationship, it's it's more challenging, right? It's definitely very challenging and. No doubt people um, have situations where it's very toxic, where God forbid it's even abusive, right? But I think aside from those situations, because I don't have an answer for that, you know, like (laughs) obviously, you know, but if it's something where you can talk it out, you know, and it's just about like literally just communication, I think maybe just taking it a step at a time. Um and having a conversation and I think you know like you know your relationship with your parents and how your parents personality is how you are so finding a middle ground and trying different ways to communicate different things whether it's like sitting down with them or talking them on the talking with them on the phone writing things down um maybe just starting with like hanging out with them I mean it just really depends you know um I think that again, you can gain a lot of clarity um, from talking things out. And um, your parents want your best interest, right? You know, and like you mentioned, um, and I think sometimes it's, it's really just about the way we think about things too. Like sometimes when our parents, maybe they say something or do something and, um, you know, we label it in a different way. Like we, we don't, maybe we don't think about like what their best interest is, like why they're doing a certain thing. Like, let's say, you know, a mother tells her child to not put her hand, like the common example, don't put your hand by the stove. You're going to burn yourself. Right. And a child can think, oh my gosh, my mom doesn't want me to do anything. She's just, she's preventing me from doing anything. You know, like I am not allowed to do anything versus like, why is she telling me to do that or not do that thing? So like, and that, that's not an easy thing to do, right? Like, you know, just think about that. And, um, but I think it's really helped me like, uh, um, with anything, like why does someone say or do something in what way, what tone, you know, kind of being able to read the situation and read a person, um, that's something you kind of have to do over time. But I think maybe just not being so defensive and kind of just sitting down, and taking some space and thinking about it, like why something was said and why things are done. And then maybe writing it down and thinking about what you feel about it. Um, I will say, I feel like that there. was, would be super so. hard for me to do at like 16. Like thinking back, I'm like, Oh my gosh, I would be so oh, yeah. upset. But like, 
I will say that coming from like yeah. a if you're trying to persuade them to kind of lean towards you, their intent for what they're doing is is a good way to approach it. Because if you know why they're doing it, the motive behind it, you can be like, okay, well, because I've had had the conversation so many times with my mom where I'm like, Ami, do you not trust me? Like, you know, why can't I go to XYZ place or why can't, even if it's this like late or whatever, what's the problem? And she's like, she's, it's the same response every time. Beta, I don't, it's not that I don't trust you. I don't trust other people. And I'm like, oh my gosh, like, it's so frustrating. Yeah, yeah it's so frustrating hearing that. But I mean, I know, again, it was that she cared. And I think that now, like we came to a point where it's like, okay, you know what? You can handle yourself if you are in a situation where somebody isn't acting appropriately or something bad is going on, you know how to get yourself out of that situation. But I'm also a big believer of you can't, if you shelter, and again, I don't have children yet, so (laughs) not trying to step on like that, like parenting or anything, (laughs) but you got to make your own mistakes. I, I definitely made my fair share of mistakes and I think I learned from it. And I think, like, that's that's what life is, though. You know, it is it is screwing up, despite yeah. our parents trying their hardest to make sure that we don't have those mishaps. They're going to happen. And, I mean, you're going to learn from it. That's how you become the person that you are. Yeah. I There's a certain age where I wasn't allowed to go out alone. Like, my mom would go with me, you know, to meet up with friends. or And I would just get so – sometimes I would get annoyed. We're like, what? You don't trust me? Like, can I just – I just feel like a little child, you know? I mean, that was when I was a teenager, you know? um but yeah like and and we're saying all this as like what we're in like our mid-20s and like this stuff like we've had to learn and experience it too so um I think that you know maybe just being patient and having having the communication writing things down and not being so quick to react about things because if we kind of think about it like both mom and child or father and child parents versus child it's not that parents versus child it's parents and child versus conflict. Mm-hmm. And that's like with any relationship. And I think um, when you think about it in that way, you definitely, it changes your perspective with how you approach things. So. No, I agree. And I don't know. I, I'm kind of curious to see how, again, weren't neither of us are parents yet, but I am kind of curious to see how our lives would influence, I guess, our parenting style. And yeah. Because I don't know, like, we've, we've talked about this, but I definitely feel generally that I am a moderate in everything that I do. I've always been very much in the middle of, like, I, I don't like the extremes of either side. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't think that you should ever be in in how you live your life super, super strict about certain things. And that's, like, again, whether it's spirituality, whether it's, like, what you're eating, whether it's like exercise I don't think you should be so so intense about things but I don't think so laxed about everything either yeah and I I think that kind of goes back to your balance thing is that it should be somewhere in the middle we can teeter here and there but there is I think there is this middle ground this sweet spot that we can live in yeah yeah but I feel like everyone looks at me like I'm crazy when I say that like that I'm just like, girl, you're preaching to the choir. I don't know, because I, yeah, again, but it goes back to that whole, it just feels like everyone else is always at the extremes of certain, of certain things. Yeah. Yeah. And like, I think, um, I mean, all of us, you know, we do things, we say things, we view and perceive things because of a certain reason, right? And sometimes people may be on certain extremes because of their own experiences and, they're protecting themselves from certain things or I don't know, you know, like kind of, um, I guess I want to end with this, um, talking about like balance and, and your relationship, um, with Allah SWT and being a Muslim woman. Um, what is that like for you? And going back to like, what does it mean to be quote unquote religious or moderate or practicing for you? Mm. Um, I mean, I, again, I, I grew up in a house where Islam was, again, like the core. The way I see it is it is a way of life. It's not necessarily a little piece of my life. 
because um, it is incorporated into everything I do. Uh, even so, like even though I don't wear hijab, like I think some people would see that and be like, "You're not religious at all." There's nope. They look at you and they're like, "Nope." But I still have a, a you know my own personal connection with Allah. Subhanahu wa ta'ala. I've point blank been asked by people um, when I am with friends who do wear hijab, "Why don't you?" Like explicitly, people are they see people are so ridiculous. But I think that your relationship with Allah Subhanahu wa ta'ala is something that's again personal between you and him and for me I think it's all about like your everyday actions like the little things that you do the way that you treat people how you interact with others like what you have in your own heart I I just think so much of it has been created or interpreted recently to seem outward and how you act outwardly and how you appear to other people yeah. Um, but I think I remember I think we were talking about this once and I was like the way that I treat people is not a reflection of my relationship with them it's a re- it's a reflection of my relationship with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala it's a, mm-hmm. a reflection of how I think that as a human being I should treat another human being based off of my faith how you know how I think those interactions should go because regardless of whether they are Muslim or not you know regardless of their gender, their race, their sexual orientation, any of that stuff. I, you know, you're a human, period. And as a Muslim, I am going to value that no matter what. So yeah. for me, I don't know, I think that's a big thing, especially as a Muslim woman, because I think that we, as Muslim women, sometimes have more power than I think we give ourselves credit for, uh, even within our own spaces, the influence that we have around the people that exist in our spaces, I think that shockingly enough, a lot of people within our community are more willing to listen to us because of how we communicate. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of times, for me personally, like in my house, I'm not the one to necessarily yell, get angry, get really loud or get aggressive. I live with, I have two brothers and it's, and they obviously have louder voices than I do. But when I am more assertive and I'm like hey listen this is not okay or I get more upset about something it means I really care and they do listen so I don't know I think I'm trying to remember what your main question was well it was kind of a big long question but basically about your relationship with Allah you know being Muslim and um you know those the labels of like moderate practicing religious and all yeah. of that I don't love the labels. I will say that it's it's really frustrating sometimes to put yourself in a box with those kind of labels, just because I don't I don't know. I don't think that I, I think those definitions are so different for different people. Like I would consider myself quote unquote practicing, but mm-hmm. some other people might not. And again, like is it really about the label? Is it about you know am I practicing? Am I moderately practicing? Or is it just you continuing on like a spectrum to build your relationship with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala because to me that's what Islam is about it's not about categorizing yourselves into like oh are you going to be in heaven one tier heaven two tier no it's it's about constantly working on that relationship so I mean for me that's what it is subhanAllah I really love that answer I think I would definitely agree Um, yeah I don't I, I never understood like when people say religious, like, oh, you're religious. Like, what does that mean? Like, just because some somebody is pray, trying to pray five times a day or they pray five times a day or they wear a headscarf or they, they're, they're fulfilling the basic things that were required to do as a Muslim, they're quote unquote religious. And like religious is like also used as a bad thing too nowadays. Like it's, it's considered like, you know, looked down upon by, you know, by even being somebody who's like a person of faith. You know, that's the type of society we live in now. And then when you get into like the Muslim community, I think we just, we forget that we should be focusing on ourselves, you know, on our own improvement. And again, going back to how we treat each other, right? That is the way of our Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Like he never made anyone feel unimportant. 
you know, every person that like came across him, like felt like they were the most important person in the world. That's so amazing. Like, yeah. it's just so beautiful. Like, um, it just makes you think like, what is the, what is the basis of our religion? Like, you know, that quote about like, um, never hurt another human heart because that's where God resides. I think that's by Hazrat Rumi you know like how we interact like the best amongst you is the one with the best of character like you know like of course we need to focus on our own like how you know um our focus in our prayer you know how much we're praying how much we're fasting all of those things but none of that's going to matter if we're being judgmental towards others and we're not treating people right like do you think Allah is going to like that that we're you know we're not being good human beings and we're trying to focus on our namaz. Like what kind of faith is that? Right. So yeah, I think um, it is all about our relationship with Allah SWT and yeah, we all need reminders every now and then. And I think it's just a reminder for myself and for everyone that we need to focus on that. And that if you ever have like a whisper from shaitan and he's just, you know, like, oh, look at that person, blah, blah, blah. Like, don't, don't listen to it. Just keep going, you know? Um, because, you know, it, of course it's, it's about the inside and the exterior, like, you know, we don't know who, who's where and their status and connection with Allah. Like we have no idea. Somebody could be a saint and you, you walk right past them. You have no idea. So I just think that, you know, I, I pray that we have um, humility and sincerity and, you know, being being that having that true um, connection with Allah and having a pure heart. All those things are that's the basis of it. I like that. Yeah. Thank you for joining us for episode one. I hope you guys enjoyed. And while you were sipping on your chai, or if you're not a chai person or coffee person, then whatever it is, you know, boba tea, protein shake. I don't know. What else do people drink? Water? Coffee. <laughs> yeah, I mentioned coffee. <laughs> but if you're not a caffeine person, you know, something. I hope you enjoyed it. Yes. Anyway, we'll catch you next time. Take care. Salam, everyone. writing, poetry, or art, send us an email or follow us on Instagram at Rue Platform. We'd love to have you join our fam.